I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Hey there, friends. You are going to love today's guest, if only for her amazing British accent. Actually, you're going to love her for so much more, but I promise that's going to be a treat. I've known Nikki Hardy for close to a year now, and I just love her heart to serve others with what God's given her. Today, she's going to help us help our children learn to hear God's voice. And I can't wait. Nikki Hardy is an author, a speaker, a coach, and a relentless encourager. And I'm telling you, that's the part you're going to love about her the most. As the author of Breathe Again, How to Live Well When Life Falls Apart, and One Minute Prayers for Women with Cancer, she's all about helping you love the life you have by growing the faith you long for, so you can handle anything that life throws at you with confidence, while having some fun along the way. Her mantra is, life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full, so let's live it. And when she's not writing, speaking, or on the trails with her rather ridiculous golden doodle, Charlie, you can find her laughing with girlfriends or trying to figure out which remote turns the TV on. She sounds like my kind of person. Well, Nikki, I am so, so glad to have you on the show today, if for no other reason. I know you're going to share some great stuff, but I'm really excited to share your beautiful accent with everyone. Welcome to the show. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and help them get to know you. Oh, thanks, Brooke. It's great to be here. And for people who don't know me, you can tell I'm from the Deep South, but it's the Deep South of England. And so I am a Brit, but I'm here in the USA in Charlotte, North Carolina, and like you, I'm a writer and a speaker. We came over here 17 years ago to plant and lead a church, which we've only recently stepped down from. So, um, yeah, we're recent empty nesters and lots of transition happening over here. But it's really good to be here with you, Brooke. I'm so glad to have you. So the other day on the way home from a trip that my youngest son and I were taking together, we were alone in the car. I don't know how that worked in your family, but that alone time in the car has been some of the best time ever, like captive audience, right? So we're having this conversation. I made him take his earbuds out and listen to me. And he says, mom, how do you know, how can you be sure that you're hearing God's voice? And I get where this question was coming from because I've been there. I I understand why he's asking that. The world that we live in right now has lots of voices and a good number of them conflict not only with each other, but with the message of the Bible, right? There's lots to choose from about what he's listening to and believing. And as you know, Nikki, all this month, we've been talking about how to help our children find their purpose. And I really think that learning to know and recognize God's voice out of the many that may be bombarding our children at any given time 
is a key part of it. So let's just go ahead and dive in and start helping everyone know how to do that. I feel like if we can help each other as moms to know how to do that, if we can train ourselves better to know how to do that, then we can teach our children how to do it. So my first question for you is, how would you have answered my son's question if you were in the car with him? How can we be sure that the voice we're hearing is the Lord's voice? Oh, well, I just love that your son asked that. And uh, you're right. Those car conversations are absolutely the best because especially with boys where I think they like to not look at you. So you can be both looking out the road ahead. I think the way I would answer is reassuringly say, well, actually, we can never be 100% sure you know, it's very frustrating when we read in the Bible, well, God said this, and then so-and-so said this, and then God said this. And we have this perception that we should, and I'm, you know, using inverted commas here, be able to know 100% sure, know that we know that we know that it is God. But you're right, there are so many voices that we hear. I like to say there are four of them. There's the world's voice, that's often telling us we're not enough or to shape up or whatever it is. There's our own voice that often has similar things to tell us and to bully ourselves with things. Often as adults, that's our inner child. There's the voice of the enemy, unfortunately, who likes to prod and poke us with lies about ourselves and about who and whose we are. And then there's that still small voice of God. So somehow we have to decipher what is God amongst all of that? And how can we be sure about it? Well, there's lots of ways to check it out. But I do love what John Wimber used to say. He was the founder of the Vineyard Movement. And he said when he first started trying to tune into the voice of God, and he came from a very conservative background that believed that we couldn't hear God's voice today. And then he started to move in that direction and was absolutely astounded. And he said, when I first started, I used to think, that's probably me, but it could be God. And then as he got better at it, as he dived more into it and was learning more and more about it, he said, then I got to the point where I was thinking, that's probably God, but it could be me. And so I think to directly answer your son's question, we can't be 100% sure, but there are ways to test it out, to learn to get better in deciding what's God and what's other voices and all that sort of thing that we can go into. But I just love that he asked it. <laughs> I have to admit, I was a little floored too. I thought, wow, what a great question for him to ask. And I, I wish I could remember the exact context that we were in when he asked it of me, but it was really just that he even had the thought in his head, how do I know if it's God's voice that has stuck with me? And I was proud that he asked it as well. So your answer leads me kind of to my next question, which is, is learning to know God's voice a process? Is it something that you start small and get bigger? or is there a list of things that the believer can just check off and at the end of the list say, okay, it meets all these requirements, that was probably the Lord? I think kind of yes to all of those. For me, there's three questions in that question. There's, is the actual act of hearing God's voice a process in and of itself? Is there a process to getting better at it? And are there things we can do to check and discern whether that is God or not. 
And I think, can we get better at it? Of course. I mean, I remember when I was first dating my husband, Al, and we'd go to a party and he'd be on the other side of the room or somewhere else. And I wouldn't know where he was. But now he has this little throat clearing cough he does. And he's got this laugh that is just so resonant. I can be deep in conversation with somebody else. But if I'm asked where Al is, I'll say, oh, he's over there. And I can point because his voice has kind of risen to the top, of you, if you like. And I've learned to tune it in. It's like tuning a car radio. So, yes, the more we do it and the more we say, oh, that was God. That's what it sounds like. And we turn the dial a little bit more um, toward away from the static and towards um, the clear voice. And then it happens again. And you're like, oh, that's what it is. And you, over time, you get, uh, you could just get better at it. And you get more familiar with God's voice, and you get more confident in stepping out and what you feel he is saying to do or to think about. Yeah, I had a conversation with my college bound son. He's staying in a different state this summer to play baseball. And his roommate was telling me, we were having this discussion. We went to visit them a couple of days ago and we were having this discussion about pitching. Now my son doesn't pitch. My younger son pitches, but the roommate does pitch. And we were having this conversation about this one time when my younger son had been on the mound, I said to him, am I being too loud for you? Like just trying to gauge you know, am I annoying you if me yelling for you or I don't ever like shame him or yell at him, but yelling for him, trying to encourage him, is that distracting to you? And his response to me was, Mama, I'm in the zone. I don't even hear you. I'm not listening to you. I'm trying to learn to tune out so that I can just focus on what's going on. So we were having that conversation with this older pitcher who is, I guess, five or six years older than my my younger son. And I asked him the same question. And he said, you know, it's funny. I can tune out everyone but my dad. If it's my dad's voice, I hear it. And it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter how loud it is at the moment. I know my dad's voice and I hear it when he yells for me or at me or, or whatever. And I thought, isn't that interesting that it's his dad's voice. And that's very similar to what you just said. Like there are certain voices that we know so well that they rise above other voices. Mm, That's so true. And it reminds me, you know, Jesus says we are his sheep and he is our shepherd and that we know his voice. And so deep within us, I think there is a resonance that happens when we hear his voice, but we do get more familiar with it. You know, it takes a while for sheep as they're growing up to learn and become familiar with their shepherd's voice. There's some amazing studies done on sheep who will have the same kind of commands and calls called out by a shepherd that is not their shepherd and they do not hear it. They are completely oblivious to it. But as soon as their shepherd comes and says the exact same commands and calls, they respond immediately. So I do think there is that ability to learn and grow and and tune into it. And for me, I'm a science nerd. I was a zoology major in college, believe it or not. And so I love the whole brain science behind hearing God's voice. 
And I learned about this process that kind of helps us lean into the natural brain science that we were created with to help us in that actual listening moment. And it uses both the right side of our brain and the left side of our brain. You know, and if you think about it, the left side is the logical, rational, tangible, kind of intentional, critical side, if you like, of the brain. And then we've got our right side that's creative, intuitive, slightly more intangible topics that it likes, more spiritual, slightly more open. And so I like to think of it, hearing God's voice, as a dance between these two sides of the brain. Because we need to be intentional in our hearing God's voice. So we actually need to ask and say, God, speak to me. And that takes our logical, rational left side of the brain. But then we need to learn to turn that side off and engage this more creative, intuitive, spiritually open side of our brain, the right side. And that's when we listen. So many different ways to do that. Go for a walk, put worship music on as we're reading scripture, all those kind of things. And that is just being open to being open. Then we can acknowledge what is going on. And still at this point, I like to encourage people to continue to use our right brain and not at this point start trying to evaluate it what we are hearing. So it's just acknowledging it, write it down, put it in a journal, do something. Oh, this scripture came to mind. This person came to mind. Oh, I was just started to think about, you know, X, Y, or Z that came up. And there's no asking, is this God or not at this point? So we've started with our left, with asking, then we listen with our right, we acknowledge with our right. And then finally, we get to go back to our left side of our brain. And that's when we evaluate it. We check it out and test it to see whether we think it's God or not. And that's when we say, well, is it scriptural? Is it biblical? Does it sound like God? In other words, is this something that knowing the character and the person of God that he might say, are people that we know and love who trust the Lord all saying the same thing to me? Those kind of things. And so that's when we get to test it out. So we go left, right, right, left. And so I think for me, learning to turn off the critical side of my brain and just in that middle section and learning to listen and acknowledge what I think he could be saying without saying, oh, he's not saying that, you know, is quite key. Yeah, I love that. I think it reminds me of how I actually answered my son when he was asking me that question in the car. And the way that I answered that, which I've, you know, I was kind of on the spot in the moment, you know, that's one of the benefits of being in the car is that I can put him on the spot if I want to, (laughs) but he, he reversed it and put me on the spot. I will say that I have said to my kids before, I don't know, but I'll come back to you on that. So that's completely reasonable, mom, if you're listening and thinking, oh, the horror to be asked a question I don't know the answer to, you can come back to it and research. But my answer to him was to point to the Bible in the car. And I said, that's what God's voice sounds like. If I don't know the word of God, then I probably won't be able to recognize when he's speaking to me in the same way. The more I read his word, 
the more easily I recognize his voice because it sounds like that. That's what it sounds like. Not the King James Version, not anything like that, but the spirit behind the word, the heart behind the word, the message behind the word. If it sounds like that and it feels like that, there's a good chance that it is that. And even then, you still kind of have to evaluate and go and say, okay, you know, is this something that God would say or not? But the more you get to know him in his word, it's the same as what you just said about your husband. The more you got to know him and spent time with him, the clearer his voice. Yes, that is something he would say. Yes, that is a sound he would make. You know, I could say the same thing. My husband and I have been married for 21 years this summer, and I can say the same thing. Yes, that is exactly what his laugh sounds like. Oh, I know that's something he said. He would definitely have said it that way. It's the same as getting to know any other person really well. When you spend a lot of time with someone, you begin to recognize their character and you can evaluate. Like if somebody came to me and said, well, your husband said this, I would be able to gauge pretty well. Yeah, that sounds like something he would say, or no, that actually does not resonate with his character whatsoever. That is not the man I know. And I live with him 24 seven, so I should know pretty well. But that sounds like what you're saying. And that was really what my answer to him was. Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose. It's written by my friend Brittany Ann of Equipping Godly Women, who has written several books and Bible studies that help believers know and more clearly understand biblical guidelines for everyday life. Inside this prayer guide, Brittany helps us tackle the question, what do you want to be when you grow up, from a slightly more biblical perspective. The way our children answer this common question varies wildly from day to day. From teacher to firefighter to astronaut to juggler to moonwalker, we just never know what they're going to say. For young children, this question is full of promise and excitement. They can be anything they want. The sky is the limit, and it's really fun to let them dream. But as our children get older, this question takes on new meaning. The excitement of endless possibilities gradually gives way to the pressure of choosing just the right college the right career, the right job, the right location, and even the right relationship for a lifetime. What do you want to be when you grow up becomes stressful, almost agonizing as young adults wrestle with major decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. But what if finding out their purpose didn't have to be so stressful? What if our children could know with confidence exactly what God wants them to do? In praying God's word for your child to find their purpose, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts to draw near to God in sincere faith, to be guided by the Holy Spirit, to learn how to love sacrificially and with intention, to learn to walk in God's strength instead of their own. You'll pray for them to find rest in God alone and understand God's bigger plan. You'll pray for them to submit their plans to God's plans and so much more. With biblical teaching, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is just perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. 
I love adding in the brain science to it. That is really fascinating. And I'm constantly telling him, because my background is in counseling. And so I did some studying of the brain as I was in school. And I'm always telling him, sweetie, your frontal lobe is not fully developed until you're about 24 years old. And that's the seat of your ability to make good decisions. And that's why God gave you parents and and all of that. But their brains are not even fully developed yet. And so it's really interesting what kind of impact that has, the way that God designed our brains impacts the way that we can receive when he's speaking to us. That's just fascinating. It is. It's so fascinating. And you're right about the prefrontal lobe that's just made of jello at this point in their life. And so having those questions that you can ask yourself uh, for him at that age, whether does it sound like something God would say? Is it a voice of conviction or is it a voice of condemnation? Do you feel shame when you think about what he might be saying? What is happening in your body? Is it um, is it shrinking and curling in on itself? Are you contracting? Or actually, does this feel freeing and opening, even if it feels daunting or challenging? But is there some excitement behind it? You know, all these kind of things we can ask ourselves as we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, I love that. I think there have been times in my life, I know there have been times in my life when I really was under conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Lord was doing his job and telling me, you're doing something wrong. You need to fix this. But even in that moment of conviction, it still felt almost freeing to just admit, yeah, I am. You know, like it wasn't this, like you said, curling in of myself. There was actually an opening of my hands in that moment that said, yeah, this is the truth. This is what's happening. I'm sinning against you and I'm releasing this to you now, Lord, because I can't do this on my own. So there is a physiological difference in that. And something that I have said for years, not just as it relates to my children, but also being in ministry, getting a lot of emails over the years where someone is mad or, or you know, upset with me or something like that. It happens. I don't always do the right thing. But my question has always been, if I have someone coming at me with a judgment of some kind or a criticism of some kind, my answer is, are they trying to edify me or are they trying to crucify me? If they are trying to crucify me, I generally just say, I reject that in the name of Jesus. Like, I'm not even going to listen to that because the heart behind that is wrong. But if they're really coming to me with a sincere heart and saying, I think there's an issue here, you know, and doing it in the right spirit, I can embrace that and I can learn from that. And some of that matches what you were just saying as well is what does it feel like? to you, knowing what we know about God and about his character and about the way he loves his children and deals with his children, does this feel like God in this moment? Yeah. And I think one of the ways that we can check whether we feel it's God's voice is by starting to take small steps in that direction. And partly it's a question of, you know, God shut the door if it's not from you But I keep coming back to the analogy that God can't steer a parked car. We have to be moving in order for him to help steer us. Many people say that clarity comes through action. And it doesn't mean, should I go to this college or that college for your son? I mean, at some point, they're going to have to say yes to one and no to the other. But you can start taking small steps to 
start testing it out, speak to people, go visit, all those things. And slowly, I do think God has a way of just drawing us in. And then we can be terrified that it's like, well, what if I make the wrong decision? Because so often we want to hear God's voice in decision making as well as in other areas. But I feel like if we are honestly discerning and honestly listening and honestly testing it out as we go and moving forward, there's almost zero chance of us messing up. It's like God has plan A or he has plan A because his plans for us are good and to prosper us and his will for us is always good. So if we are moving in the right direction with him in the driver's seat and us in the passenger seat, I don't think we can mess up so badly that it's a terrible decision. Right. And I think sometimes we tend to think about things in terms of plan A and plan B. Like I've heard a lot of people maybe who have been divorced and remarried say that, you know, my plan B was God's plan A or, you know, something like that. I may be not getting that quite right, but you know what I mean? But I've often thought to myself, I don't know if God has a plan B. It really just is that everything we do, whether it's exactly what it was supposed to be or not, he can redeem and restore to get us to where he wanted us to be. There may be different paths to getting to the end result of what he wanted it to be. And it's not necessarily an either or. It's just, do I feel God leading me in this direction? And like you said, taking the first few steps and seeing if God keeps opening doors or if not, this is getting deep theologically, but God allows us to make mistakes as well, to make bad choices. But he is in control of our bad choices. He is able to use our bad choices still to redeem them and make something beautiful out of our brokenness. So the point that I'm trying to make is that I don't think it has to be quite as stressful as we make it because God is still in control, even if we feel like we've made the wrong decision or even if we feel like we're not following or didn't hear. I had a friend years and years ago, we worked together in ministry and she came to me one day and she was just in a very kind of difficult place. And she said, I've been wondering if I didn't hear the Lord right in taking this job. And she said, I just, I don't know if this is really for me. And I'm thinking maybe I miss the Lord. And I remember saying to her, her name was Mandy. I remember saying to Mandy, I don't know that it matters. You did the best with what you had at the time. You tried very hard to walk in obedience to the Lord in that moment. And I'm not sure it really matters if you heard him right then or not. What matters is what you do with that now. If you feel like the Lord is saying, this is not where I want you, then move, then do something different. It doesn't really matter if you heard him right before. This is where you are now. So make a decision moving forward. I feel like sometimes we get very wrapped up in that. Maybe I heard the Lord wrong, but really, I just think that God wants us to represent him well, wherever we are in that moment. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. And going back to the kind of car analogy, I do think for your friend Mandy, it's like she's living life, looking in the rearview mirror saying, oh, did I take a wrong road? Did I take a wrong road? Did I take a wrong road? And I do believe that whether we're trying to get to, you know, town A or town B, God's far more interested in being in the car with us 
than actually where we end up. I mean, obviously, he doesn't want us to make terrible decisions and end up really messing up our lives in a terrible way. But he's more interested in the journey with us. I really, really believe this. And, you know, when we were praying about whether we should move to America, I mean, this was a huge decision to move three small children. So our kids were eight, six and about to turn four when we moved. And so an enormous decision. And I kept saying, God, you've got to tell us, you've got to tell us. You know, I was like, God, send an out of town prophet who will stop me in the, you know, while I'm buying bananas and say, does the name Charlotte mean anything to you? And I would go, oh, it's the Lord, you know. And and I kept praying for this revelation, this moment of, you know, God writing it in the sky or an audible voice. And then what ended up happening, Brooke, was that in England for kindergarten, we would walk our children into school and help them hang up their backpacks and stuff. And then as mums, we would leave. And I would walked in with my friend and her son, and we were dropping off James, our oldest, and then I was going to drop off our other two. And I just turned to her out of nowhere. As we're hanging up backpacks and tying shoelaces, I just said to her, we're going to go. And she, she turned to me and just said, yeah, yeah, you are. And the only way I can describe it was that it wasn't a revelation. It was a realization. I just knew. And so often I think we can get hung up on these big signs from the sky and things. And sometimes it does happen like that. You know, God can speak in all sorts of ways, including through a donkey. But, you know, I think often we know that we know. And we're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can take a little while to get our mind wrapped around it once we know that. But when you know, you know something. I think that's really true. I always say, I know in my knower. I just know it in my knower that this is what I'm supposed to do or (laughs) whatever. So for me, that's how I would phrase that, what you just said. But that's very true. Very good. Well, Nikki, this has just been so good. I am really motivated to go and learn more about the brain science behind this. I have really enjoyed this time talking to you about how to know God and, and how to know His voice. And I would love it. I know there's probably people that would love to know more about you and what you do and how they can get involved. So as we wrap up today, tell everybody how they can follow the work that you're doing for the kingdom. Oh, thank you. Well, everyone can find me on Instagram. I'm at Nikki.hardy. But I have free resources and ebooks that people can grab about how to trust God when you can't stop worrying and things like that. There's a book bundle that people can grab if they want to, and they can find that at NikkiHardy.com slash book bundle. And then this fall, hopefully in September, I'm actually going to be running a Hearing God's Voice course. It'll either be live or it'll be spaced out over a few weeks or just as something that people can take in their own time. 
But if you grab those free books or follow me on Instagram, you're going to be able to stay up to date with when that is happening and stuff. And hopefully I'll have a link for you, Brooke, by then. Yes, we'll go back and update the show notes. So if you're listening to this later, you'll have that as well. And I may just go through it myself because I've been very interested in what you're saying. So I think that would be awesome. Nikki, thank you again for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. I really loved catching up with Nikki and cheering her on as she is leading from her story and helping us to understand how to hear God's voice and how to recognize it and how to help our children do the same thing. It was really such an information-packed day today, and I hope that it serves you well with your own life and as you help your children. If you haven't already, pick up your copy of our prayer guide that accompanies this season, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose. You can find it along with a link to some of Nikki's books and resources in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Friends, I sincerely hope in the midst of trying to help your children find purpose this season, God has reminded you about yours. Till the next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you give you peace. Give them the grace to grow out of this. Those words are written on a sticky note that stays permanently attached to my computer monitor. It was meant to be a reminder about giving my children grace as they mature and grow, but it applies to every single relationship I've ever had. Family, ministry, school, community, you name it. We are all growing and God is at work in our lives every moment of every day. The problem is that sometimes people don't grow as fast as we'd like them to, and God doesn't always act when we think he should. There's this old joke that says, don't ask God for patience. He'll answer by testing yours. (laughs) And I think there might be some truth to that. I don't know that God is sitting around in heaven just waiting to test our resolve, but parenting and the Christian life itself is fundamentally built on trusting something we can't always see a master plan that reveals itself little by little and often takes turns we couldn't predict. If you have ever lacked patience as a parent, allow me to introduce you to my new free five-day devotional called Grace to Grow, Parenting with Patience and Prayer. Join me as we unpack what it really means to give our children and ourselves grace to grow. Inside of this free five-day devotional, you'll tackle subjects like sibling rivalry, When it feels like God is holding out on you or on your children, learning to forgive, even inside the same house, living in the not knowing and letting go of having to have it all together. Join me for Grace to Grow, Parenting with Patience and Prayer, yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.